Well, good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful Sunday morning to to be gathered here today, and uh, we're in for a special treat. Uh, For everyone here, they already know that we've totally rearranged the the room, and probably those, there's the camera, uh, those online know that we've done the same thing. Uh, But we've got a special presentation this morning, a special treat. We've got Jane Russell here, uh, who has been back in the United States for about three months now. End of March. since the end of March, uh, traveling around visiting her churches that support her uh, in her missionary work in Ukraine. Uh, and she's here today to present to us. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to that, uh, Jane. Um, we're going to be following the New Testament pattern of, uh, of uh, missionaries, supported missionaries coming back from time to time to give an update on uh, what it is that they're doing overseas. Ephesians 2.10 makes it clear that he gives each and every believer special works uh, to do during their lifetime. And those, those works were assigned in eternity past. Uh, and some of us are called to special work uh, outside of the church uh, by being sent uh, to distant lands. And uh, uh, Jane is one of those. Uh, I was just talking to her earlier that uh, she went in March of 1999, I believe. November of 1999 uh, is when she uh, answered the call to missionary work in, in the Ukraine. So uh, that's, uh, that's a tremendous amount of time. We know that, that our mission is to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the, all that Jesus has commanded them. Uh, and each of us has our own part to play in that. And we're going to hear today about some of the work that Jane has been doing overseas. Uh, but that commission, that mission that all of us are given, is the reason we're here every Sunday morning and every Tuesday night we meet to study God's Word uh, so that the saints of our church can be equipped to do that work, whether it's locally in our communities or uh, for those who are called to go overseas uh, so that they can do that overseas. And I'm anxious to hear what, uh, uh, what kind of work Jane has been doing um, over in the Ukraine. Um, but uh, let's take a look at, well, I'll, I'll just read you Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglect, neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that Great Commission has not only a personal individual uh, responsibility for every Christian, uh, but every local body of believers works together to encourage each other to love and good works, to accomplish those works that Christ laid out for us in eternity past. Uh, And that's why we gather every Sunday and every Tuesday night uh, and other times throughout the month to pray uh, so that we can encourage each other to accomplish those kinds of work. Uh, There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. Uh, It takes a body of believers to uh, uh, encourage each other, to admonish when necessary, uh, and to just help each other grow in Christlikeness over time. Uh, I don't remember exactly how many, but there's over 51 another commands in, in Scripture that can only be lived out in a group of, of believers who live their lives together in a local church uh, and help each other to live out those, uh, those commands. Um, 
as I said, some of us are called to, to go overseas. Acts 13 is actually a good place to see that. Uh, I'm going to read Acts 13, 1 through 3, um, where Barnabas and Saul are sent off. It says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And I'm not sure what local church uh, Jane was a part of, but some 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, that local church laid their hands on Jane and sent her uh, overseas to do the work that she's been doing for, yeah, over 20 years now. So, um, so we're not all called to do that, to be set apart, uh, to be sent uh, overseas. Many of us do our work right here in our family, in our local community, in our schools, uh, where we work. And, uh, uh, but we are also all called to support those who do that type of missionary work, the ones who are called. Let's look at uh, Philippians 4, 15 through 18. For a look at that. Philippians 4.15 And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. One of the things I think is really interesting in that is that uh, Paul says that he's not seeking the gift uh, that, that, those church, that that church gave in, in Philippi. Uh, but what is he seeking? Uh, he says uh, in verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. A couple things I want you to notice there is, is that fruit that he's seeking is uh, lost souls being brought to Christ and new churches being planted to bring uh, new lost souls to Christ. Uh, so it, it, the, the goal, it, it's, it's the Matthew 28 principle there, the Great Commission, of how we spread the word of Jesus Christ across the world, both individually in our local communities and by sending missionaries overseas uh, to also help plant churches that send missionaries. So he was interested in winning souls, Paul was, but he was also interested in uh, uh, planting churches that uh, would then win souls in those local areas as well. And then uh, finally, um, I want to take a look at, uh, uh, we, we went through uh, John's three epistles a while back, but I want to take a look at 3 John uh, 5 through 8 um, for just a second here uh, to, to kind of drive home that point that it's our responsibility uh, as individual Christians to support 
missionaries overseas. And in 3 John 5 through 8, John says, uh, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers that, as they are, who testified to your love before the, the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Uh, so I, I, one of the things that I was very excited about when I found New Covenant Church two and a half years ago now is their, their focus on the, the teaching of the Word of God, the clear teaching of the Word of God, and uh, their missionary focus, both uh, in, in the saints within the church and in missions overseas. And when I saw that they give regularly uh, to missionaries, that was just an appealing thing uh, for me as a Christian to see. Um, now, I know uh, back when Jane first got here, we did a goodwill offering to give her support while she was traveling. She was telling me that she spent or she, she drove over 9,000 miles since she got here in March, traveling around. So there was a lot of gas, a lot of car expenses, a lot of restaurant eating, I'm sure. Uh, uh, so thank you for that. But there are people here now who weren't here before. If you would like to give to Jane's mission, uh, there's paperwork on the back, uh, that back table there. And uh, I'm sure she would gladly uh, accept it. Not that she's looking for gifts, uh, but to share the increase that, that her ministry will have overseas uh, with you and, and that it would be credited to you for all of eternity. Uh, so with that, I just want to uh, introduce Jane Russell, uh, and we're going to go through a short uh, mic change over here, so it might be a second before you hear Jane's microphone come on. Uh, but Jane, thank you for coming. Thank you for spending time with us, and uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Let me shut mine off first. Should be good. Okay. All, All right. right. Let him check to make sure that we got sent. All right. Good. All right. So, as he said, I have been in Ukraine for almost 22 years, and so that's a journey in and of itself. Um, my first missions trip was to Alaska in 1988, where I was a camp counselor and I got to lead several girls to the Lord. And I'm just like, if this is what missions is about, I'm in it. And so that was my call to missions. And I knew, I knew that that's where God wanted me to be full time. Um, it was uh, not my mom's desire or my dad's desire that I do that because I just finished college and I should be getting a real job. So at uh, any rate, but um, God was faithful in that. and. By the time that I went to the mission field, my parents were on board and it was okay that I went. So that was a good thing. So I went back to Alaska in 92 just to see if this was where I was supposed to go. And that summer, God just challenged me to live overseas. Um, living in Alaska, I wouldn't really have to learn another language. It was all in English. And so um, I'd never really studied another foreign language before. And so chose Russian to be my first one. Bad choice. <laughs> but at any rate, um, so God used that. And then in 96, I went to Ukraine for six weeks for the summer. 
doing camp ministries, doing other support ministries there, and God used that summer to call me to Ukraine to help teach in the colleges uh, Christian education, how to set up Sunday schools, and do those kinds of um, ministries to help children to know Christ. And so uh, in 1999, God provided that I was able to go back to Ukraine for the first time to live. It was a little scary buying a one-way ticket uh, and not having a way to return right away if I had to. <laughs> so, but, you know, God was in it, and um, he just has been so faithful in all of the years that I've been there. For um, the first four years, I was in Kiev, and I studied language full-time which means two and a half hours a day, four days a week, and that's enough to tax your brain. And so um, it is uh, quite challenging to learn language in your 30s. So if you learn another language, do it early in life because it'll stick a little easier. Um, I had to do chiseling out some cement so some new stuff can come in. And so, um, but that's how it goes. And then uh, in from 2000. Four to 2015, I lived in Kremenchuk, Ukraine, uh, working at the seminary there, teaching Christian education and women's ministry. And it was a total delight and a total joy. And it was quite to my surprise when in 2012, God said, it's time to move. And I'm like, hmm, no, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, no, it's really, it's time to move. And so it took a little bit. I mean, yeah, I was convinced it was time to move, but it took a little process because I wanted to train some people to teach the classes that I was doing. And so I left in 2015 and came home and um, was in the States for an extended time. And then in 2016, I returned to Ukraine uh, with the new, mission, the new ministry of um, Missions mobilization. Uh, I have to get it started correctly or I don't say it right. So <laughs> any rate, so, um, so any rate, so this, what I'm going to tell you today is what I've done in the last four and a half years. And so this is not all that I have done, but this is what I've done recently. Okay, go ahead. You can go to the next slide even. So when I returned in November of 16, I knew I wanted to create a ministry that would involve children and missions, but didn't really know how exactly that would all work together. Um, my heart is for children to know that they, they can be missionaries, help missionaries. They can, and that for being mission, being a missionary is not a foreign idea to them when they get older, that it's like, well, this is just a part of normal life. And so, uh, so I have, my purpose statement is teaching children to live and think globally. And so not only thinking about themselves and their families, but thinking outside of that, that uh, sphere to think about others in other parts of the world, that how they can uh, uh, help them and teach with and work with them as well. Um, this was a whole new idea for me because I had to come up with the branding and with the with a label and with, you know, it was like, and now it's gonna affect all of eternity because this is what I'm deciding today. So it was a little bit intimidating at times, but God was faithful in every step of the way, just providing uh, people and things in my pathway to help me uh, think about that. So finally came up with this logo uh, with the arrows moving out and I thought that was very appropriate. And so um, came up with the name impacting the world 
It had to work in English, Russian, and Ukrainian, so it had to work in all three for it to be functional for a ministry. Now, not everyone has that problem, but that's what I had to work with. Okay, go ahead. Next, next slide. So in the spring of 17, I got to teach my first seminar at a missions conference on why involve children and why missions. And so um, I was able to teach my seminar four times in two days. Uh, the room was about half this size, and we had at least 40 people in that room, so it's a little warmer than it is here today. Uh, so, um, but it was good. I just saw the, the need. People wanted to know how and what they can do to help children learn more about missions and learn how, to, how they can be involved in missions. And so, um, so that seminar was, um, I would say, the pinnacle almost of my ministry because at that time it was a I felt like this is what God has created me for and you know it took 51 years to get there but um, finally made it uh, so I'm really excited because God is using the ministry to challenge people to think cross-culturally to think about others and to go forward okay next so one of my one of my first tasks after that was to find a printer because I was getting all these ideas. I'm like, okay, these are good ideas, but I need to print them. I need to find a place to go. So I did one of those little Google searches, printers near me. And so it's not called that in Russian, but I had to put that in, you know. And so one popped up and it was about five blocks from my house. I'm like, perfect, because I don't, I don't drive in Ukraine. I walk everywhere or take public transportation. So it's within walking distance. And so, um, so I went and made a visit, said, okay, this is what I want to do. What do you need? And so I supplied them with the graphics and things like that that they needed, and they helped me to create this box that we could use as a bank box for, to give to kids to save money for missions. And so it was exciting. So I ordered 1,200. I have about 110 left in about three and a half, four years, so that's exciting. People are using them. There's about $135 in U.S. that will fit in this box, so it's exciting. You know, kids are doing it. Kids are putting the money in, and kids are involved in ministry. All right, next. So uh, another thing I wanted to do is I wanted to find stickers that had uh, global or emissions emphasis, and I found one about the size of a quarter, and that was it. I'm like, hmm, I think I got to do something about that. So I went back to the printer and said, okay, I have this idea. And I saw that you print stickers, so tell me what I need to do. So every time you print something, it has to have its own little form. So this one has a form, so it'll cut through the sticker page, but not through the back page. So you pull, peel, can peel the sticker off. So, um, so yeah, those, forms, those forms cost about $100 a piece for them to make them, but I have it in my possession and I can use it again and again. So when I sat down to think about ideas for stickers, I came up with about 50. And you can see I have nine here. I'm like, oh, that'll never do, go ahead. So I'm like, okay, we're doing horizontal and vertical both. And so I got at least 18 out of it. So I was like, okay, I have to be happy with that and let's, let's move on. So, um, but they can, uh, churches can use these to, use as rewards or to motivate uh, kids to think about missions and, and in that endeavor. Okay, next. Uh, so in the fall of 17, it was time to have a website created. I 
worked alongside of the uh, website developer and it took us about two days. I had a uh, translator on uh, sitting there, okay, I, I need this translated. Then we threw it onto the website. It was just, it was crazy. So, but it was a long process, but it was a great process. So now I can, I have a place to put things that I want people to get to. All right, next page. I have a resource page, and this is a place where Sunday school teachers, parents can come and get ideas. Um, I have cross-stitch, I have recipes, there's a book list there, there are um, songs there, there are skits, puppet skits and regular skits, and these are all free to download, and so they can go here and look. Uh, the website is written in Russian. It is translated into English and Ukrainian. So it's not nice English that you're going to be reading, but you can read it and understand. So, okay, next. So a big part of my um, responsibility is to create curriculum to help children to get an idea of what it is to live in another culture. And so, so far I have China, Zambia, and the Philippines. Philippines is just about ready to go up. I haven't finished, have to put the finalization on that one yet, but um, I have stories that go with these um, countries, and so that's why they, these are the ones chosen. Eventually there will be more. And so, um, so, this is, so my, my curriculum is learning center-based that the kids can come and engage in the activities as they come into the learning time and it's just free. They get to choose what they want to learn about. And so there's things like foods and crafts and music and games and geography and you know all kinds of facts about the country and those kind of things. So it's interactive and so that's the fun you get to have. So you can choose how many activities you have and you should have at least uh, one activity per 10 children and if you only have 10 I suggest two activities just to give them a choice that they can choose something to do and so um, this is just to help them learn what it is like to live in another culture okay go ahead I work with Bible Visuals International out of Akron Pennsylvania they have um, missionary stories the big flashcard stories and so um, I have an agreement with them that I can print and reproduce in Ukraine and sell in Ukraine as well. But that's the only country I'm allowed to sell in. So, <laughs> so but anyway, they already have four stories that were already in Russian, so I only had to translate it into Ukrainian. So that was why I chose to go with them first and see where it goes. And then I got to visit there this spring and he gave me a whole bunch more ideas. And now I have so many ideas, I'm not quite sure where to put them all. But at any rate, um, so it's been a good, a good, um, relationship with them to start. Okay, go ahead. In uh, 2018, I did another missions conference, and this time we focused in on Zambia and did the hands-on learning. So we taught adults what it is that I'm trying to teach, what, what they can teach kids about other cultures. Okay, and so Michaela on the left side, or no, right side, is a missionary kid, and the other five ladies are Ukrainians, and they're they are, this church that they're involved in is just very excited about missions and so it's just a joy to come alongside them and work with them and so they help me and then I help them. So that's how it works. <laughs> so next, um, so 
for this learning uh, time, we did facts of Zambia. So there was a worksheet that the kids had to find, the kids, the students had to find the answers to the questions that were on the page and all these things. So they, um, so, and I set it out. So we had about, we had five different stations. So I set 10 minutes per station. So they only had 10 minutes to do this. And so some of them didn't get it done, but that's okay. We're all right with that. Okay, next slide. Another thing we did is basket weaving. They, they do beautiful baskets in Zambia, but um, we did ours with a uh, paper cup and yarn. Not very quite so intricate, but it gets the idea that it takes a little more time than just, oh, you know, it takes time. It takes uh, a skill. And so, uh, they're, so they're there, they're learning. Um, okay, and the next... Uh, and so we had to go on a safari because that's just part of Zambia. So I created a safari um, by, I made the little Jeep out of cardboard, you know, and then put the chairs inside. So, you know, my, my imagination just starts to go and it just doesn't stop. So that's how it goes. Um, and then I made a safari book, which I had pictures of uh, animals and then the little description. So she would flow through the descriptions of the animals and that's how they went on a safari. Okay, next page. These are some birds. There are about 50 or 60 different kinds of birds in Zambia. So these are just a few of them. The one on the right <laughs> is a called a violet roller. And he's about three and a half inches long. And I just thought it was really pretty. So, and then the gray, gray crowned crane is a little taller, probably about uh, three, three feet high or, you know, close to that. No, he's about two feet high. So, and then the, the shoebill stork is about, uh, about here. <laughs> he's about three and a half, four feet high. And so I watched a video of him of eating a fish that was about the size of my forearm. And I'm like, oh, don't mess with him. So, you know, but uh, yeah, so these are just part of the wildlife that's in Zambia there. So, all right, next. Uh, another thing we made was a kalemba, which is called a thumb piano. And so we made ours out of cardboard and bobby pins. And so next, next slide. At the top is the real one. Is, and it, you play this with your thumbs only. There's music that's written. And uh, so you can, it has a nice little tune to it. Ours with the bobby pins with them spread open to different widths, they do make different sounds. So you can pretend to be playing the kalimba at that point in time. So it's just as an opportunity to help kids to know, hey, there's other ways of making music, and here we are, here's one of them. All right, next. Uh, and another thing we did a little um, game kind of thing where they had to put on a sarong and then they had to tote things on their head because they do that in, in Zambia. And so learning to put the sarong on is, is important because if you don't, then you end up walking very tiny, tiny. So you have to learn how to put it on correctly. I put potatoes in these buckets, but the, in Zambia, that's how they carry water. And so I didn't want to clean up water. Potatoes are a lot easier. But um, yeah, you have to put something on your head, a scarf or some piece of material so it has so the bucket can weigh can sit evenly and then but this is a a typical daily thing at school all the kids go to the water well go to the well get a bucket of water and carry it back to school for the day so every kid carries their own bucket 
So that's just the morning ritual. You know, you do whatever you do in the morning. Good morning, let's go get some water. So, you know, that's how they, that's how they function in Zambia. So boys are included in that. It's not just a girl's job. So, <laughs> so okay, next. So in June of 18, uh, with those ladies that um, helped me with this uh, program, we did a children's missions conference, which was the first ever. And we didn't, we knew, we didn't really know everything we were to do, but you know, we did it. And so I worked alongside of these ladies and my teammate Leanna helped too. And we had a great time. And so we had 285 children who came ages seven to 14. Busy, busy, busy. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was just, there was a lot of act activity in that room. And so um, next slide. So we, we, tried to make this as real as possible so that we made them go through passport control. And, and so, you know, they had those little bars and then someone had one of those little bullhorns and every once in a while she'd touch it and the, the kid would jump and like, what do they do? And so you're like, well, what's, what's in your pocket? Nothing. You know, they're, they're like freaking out because they're trying to figure out why it went off kind of thing. So, but at any rate, they all went through passport control. They all got that little experience and sometimes it can be that way. And so as they entered passport control, they, they actually got their own little passport for the day where they put their thumbprint in it. And so, and then as they finished activities that we did throughout the day, they would receive a sticker and we put that in the little passport that they could show that they had finished that um, task. And so, um, okay, next page. And so there was a lot of singing and a lot of memorizing of scripture. We did a, one verse in Ukrainian, and then we divided them into 11, 12 groups, and they learned a verse in a different language. So we had it phonetically sound, sounded out so they could read it and say it. So they practiced for a little bit, then each group got to stand up and say that verse in another language. And so, you know, we had 13 different languages that we, we learned that day. Well, we didn't all learn them, but they at least had two that they were learning that day. And so it was, it was good because, you know, you get to hear the word of God in another language, and that's just kind of exciting. So, and, um, and so, like I said, there, it was just full. The day was full. We did a um, wordless bracelet where they, so they could tell the gospel to their, to their friends, we gave each one of them a bank box so they could start collecting money. We challenged them to pray for unreached people groups and gave them some ideas how to do that. And so um, there were just a lot of things that they were challenged to do that day. Okay, next. And one of them was in knowing what it takes to get a missionary to the field. You know, it takes a calling, I feel, to go to the field. And so that's one thing, but it also takes education. It also takes uh, money. It also takes prayer. It also takes people at home who you know are supporting you. It takes um, an agency or other people to come alongside to make sure that the missionary is doing as well as they can. Being physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy on the field is very important. So, so those are all parts of the, the needs that a missionary has. So um, at the end, so we have our missionary group here in the right uh, corner. They were on the far left of the stage. Our missionary got in this little 
tarp, I guess. I don't know exactly what it was. And so after they learned the different roles or different things needed, that those people carried the missionary to the mission field. So it gave them a mental picture of what it takes. It doesn't, you just don't say, oh, I'm going to be a missionary and tomorrow leave, because it doesn't take that. It takes a longer time than tomorrow. <laughs> so, so at any rate, so that was part of the skit that they learned. Okay, next. Um, after lunch, we, they told the story about Zambia uh, that, uh, that the Bible Visuals has. And so after that, we divided into three groups. And then they went and did um, three different things. So one of them was life skills, where they did the carrying the tote, the tote on the head and walking and those kind of things. Next. Then... They also did the um, facts about Zambia as well as the safari. This church happened to have a bus, and so we're like, perfect. So we put all the kids on the bus, told the story, and took them off. You know, <coughs> so that's how that's how that worked for that. And so after each of these activities, they made sure they got a sticker to put in their little passport. Okay, next. And so for music um, time, they they chose to do the drums. So that's also part of my curriculum as well as the piano, but they did drums with uh, paper cups and uh, uh, like wax paper on top and rubber bands. You know, it, it's just a little something to show that, okay, this is something that re resembles something they have in Africa. So, okay, next. And then they had a game time as well. And so uh, they played a couple games from Zambia as just well as some other running games to get some other energies out. So, <laughs> all right, next. <laughs> At the end, we had a little commitment. You know, what do you want prayer for? And what, you know, what do you want to pray for? And so the one, the one young man, he decided, he said, I want more of Jesus in my life. I'm like, I would agree with that. Yeah, he was pretty active that day and hardly ever sat down. So like that probably would help him calm down a little bit. So. But the, the girl in the center, she said, I want to share Jesus with my, t with my classmates at school. And so that was her prayer. And the 14-year-old at the end, she says, I want to be a missionary. <laughs> kind of exciting, right? At age 14 to know God's called you to already be a missionary. All right, next. Uh, so these were, this was my team. The, the whole team that worked together. We're, um, like I said, I just played a part in this. We were all there. We all worked together. We all helped do whatever was needed. And so um, it was just exciting. So my teammate, Leanna, is on the far left. And then her husband is the first guy in the green shirt from the left. So Chad and Leanna, I work directly with. And most of the time I say, oh, you would like to work with me, wouldn't you? <laughs> and so, anyway, they're good sports and they, they come alongside and they help whenever they can. Okay, next. So what can children do? Um, so how can they be involved? Next slide, please. So children can pray. Um, they can pray about their life, their family's life. They can pray about missionary kids who are on the field with their parents. Um, they can pray about uh, other children who do not have a church to go to. They can pray about other children who have yet to hear about Jesus and his love for them. And so there are things that they can pray about to challenge them to 
to be more involved in missions. Next. Children can give. Um, at age three in Sunday school, I started giving. Yeah, I know. The money I had was probably from my dad, and I put it in the box. I got it. But what it set up for me was a lifetime, uh, a lifetime of giving because I learned that I give to God. Bottom line, that's what I do. That's, how, that's what my money's for. I give to God. And so um, these are uh, habits that I want children to know. I want them to know that that's part of their life, too. They need to give to God. And so, um, and they need to give cheerfully. God talks about being a cheerful giver. And so, and another thing I challenged them, is said, don't always just ask for your parents for some money. Figure out what you can do to get some money. You know, you can rake leaves, you can help do odd jobs, you can do things. In Ukraine, they get money for recycling. So they can collect plastic and tin and things like that and go cash it in and have money for, to put in their bank for missions. And so those are things that um, just to challenge them to think beyond the scope of always, always asking and always expecting people to, to give without having to do anything. <laughs> so, all right, next. Another thing they can do is they can testify. They can tell people about what God's doing. If they're praying, God's going to be answering those prayers. And even the smallest answer to prayer is worth telling someone about. And so how God has answered those prayers. And so even in the tiny things, the big things. And I understand standing in front of people is sometimes nerve-wracking. Your knees shake, you get nervous, and all those things. But and the more you do it, the less it, be, it, the more it becomes just natural. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to stand up and tell what God is doing. And so... Um, telling what God's done in their lives, it just gives it a, that personal effect that someone can't deny that fact. Nobody can deny your testimony. Your testimony is what God's doing in your life, and nobody can say, no, that's not true, because it's true, because it's happening to you. All right, next. Another thing they can do is serve together. And by serving together, it creates a sense of belonging. Um, I serve. I serve with my church group. I serve with my Sunday school class. I serve with my family. I belong to them. Okay? And um, as you serve together, you create a sense of unity, community, and that's all necessary. And in today's society, we need more of that because uh, the days are coming when things want to be divided. So, um, and you need to be united. And so, and also, um, mm -hmm. Studies have shown that if you serve, you're more likely to stay with the group. So if children are serving in church with the Sunday school group, they're going to stay in church. And that's where we want them to be. All right, next. In the fall of uh, 2018, I went to Russia. So now I cannot say I've never been there because I have been there now. Um, but uh, I went, went to three cities. I went to Ufa, Tambov, and Ulan-Ude. And um, there I shared the four points that I just shared with you. It's, it's 45 minutes in length in the extended version. So <laughs> and then I did some other training on why, why God has called us. We are blessed to be a blessing. 
uh, taking it out of Genesis 15. Uh, you are blessed, 12, 12, 15, and you are blessed to be a blessing. Because you are blessed, you are called to be a blessing to others. And for me, um, as I was learning about this, the reason that Christ upset the temple tables was because the Jews were charging people for their sacrifices. They weren't choosing to bless people. They were doing just the opposite of what God was expecting and, and told them to do. So you are blessed to be a blessing, and so how that works out in your life is yet to be discovered, I guess. Okay, and so um, it was good to be in these churches, in um, the house, the, in this house of prayer, and of all the nations. And it was the first time where I could say I truly been in a church that had more than one or two uh, nationalities. There were at least five. It was kind of exciting. I felt like I touched heaven just a little bit. So, <laughs> any rate, so in the spring of 19, um, I did a seminar on knowing the God of the nations. God calls himself that in scripture, and so we need to know him as that. He's not just the God of the United States of America. He is the God of the nations, and the nation is not just a country. A nation is a people group. And so, you know, he's a God of the Germans. He's a God of the Ukrainians, all right? So he is everyone's God, and he wants to be known that way. The Irina, who is at the top in the top picture, in the summer of 2018, I challenged her to find some songs about missions for kids. Because I knew a few in English, but I don't know them in Russian and Ukrainian. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So um, she took it on herself. She is a mu musician and she writes music. And so uh, this was the first book that she had printed. I think she's now in book three. And so I just cut loose a little, like, yes, let me do it. And so she was all excited about being able to do this. And so she has songs from other nations in her book as well. And so songs from Africa, songs from Brazil. And so other, so kids are learning uh, songs from other countries as well. And so part of my ministry as I go to these missions conferences is to provide materials that they can um, use in their Sunday schools to help promote uh, children thinking globally. So I have a lot of things with the world on it. I have balls and I have pencils and bookmarks and notebooks and things like that, as well as the curriculum there that they can also purchase so all right next so in the summer of 19 I wasn't done I needed to make some more stickers and so um, these stickers are you know the four and five letter three two to five letter words in English are not that small in, in Ukrainian and Russian they're quite large and but I printed all three in all three languages and so it just tells, uh, go, send, teach, love, give, share, tell, pray, and seek. And so those are the things that we're thinking. I'm, I'm thinking future that I'm going to use these in my own little passport when I, as I develop curriculum. And so I'm excited that it has an out, actual outcome and can be used <laughs> further on. Okay, next. And then I created a set of English stickers as well. And so, um, because... Why not have English stickers? So I brought a few home. I may have a few left. <laughs> so you can see, the kids can see me after church, okay? <laughs> so, all right, so next. So 
So things that I have published in the last three and a half, four years, um, Zambia curriculum, the China curriculum, uh, the skit book and the puppet skits, um, they are available on my website and people are free to download them, but if I'm going to print them, you're going to pay me for printing costs. So that's what I did. So they only pay for printing costs. I don't take any other profits from it, so that's what they're doing um, when they buy those things. I have handouts, um, different foods around the world. You know, have you ever had mayonnaise on your french fries? You need to try it, <laughs> okay? That, they eat that in Europe. That's one of those, you know, they put mayonnaise on their french fries. They don't put ketchup on their french fries. So, and if you ask for ketchup at McDonald's in Europe, they know you're from America. So, <laughs> um, and then another way is uh, using cookies around the world, different recipes to help kids. Oh, you know, they have different cookies. Most of the cookies in other parts of the world are not as sweet as the ones that are in the States. And so, uh, you know, it's okay. They don't have to be that sweet. Um, and then I have a list of missions uh, stories and autobiographies that are written. So, you know, you could read a part of a biography or autobiography in Sunday school or as a family just to get a flavor for what God is doing around the world. And we also have um, prayer guides for um, unreached people groups. And this one happens to be for unreached people groups in Ukraine. And so, um, so I helped distribute these. I didn't, I didn't create this. So, but these are just, there's 30 days, 30 different people groups that are in Ukraine that are yet to be reached with the gospel. So the goal is not yet finished <laughs> there. So, all right, next. In October of 21, or 20, I went to Lviv to the seminary there. They have, um, they have a retreat for the second, third, and fourth year students. And it's kind of like um, pre-field training. So they learn what to do and how to do it. So I did a seminar on how to present your ministry and then also how to present your ministry to kids and how to invite kids into your ministry. And so it was a great week. It was the only ministry that I got to do all year long. Everything else got canceled, so <laughs> I was glad to have something to do. And so um, the girl in the center with the plaid shirt, uh, Valya, she is currently in Uganda. She left in February for a year. And so that's kind of um, not common. They usually go for six to nine months at a time. And so, but she said, no, I want to go for a full year. So. I think she's finding it a challenge, but um, she's finding God is faithful too. I, my friend works with her as far as counseling and working with her as she's on the field. Okay, next. So we have UPGs, which are unreached people groups. And those are people who have less than 2% of their um, population who know Christ as Savior. Um, we have unengaged unreached people groups. And those are people who do not have any involvement at all with any believer of any sort of kind. And most of those people are in this, what we call the 1040 window. And they're usually unengaged because they live in the cave. They live in far, far into the valley places that, that people aren't easily accessed. So there are a lot of those who are yet to be even see their first Christian. Can you imagine? <laughs> so 
it, it's a real and it's something that we have to think about and pray for as believers. Okay, next. I work in missions mobilization. And so what that means is the first thing it means is building awareness, helping churches to see that they are blessed to be a blessing. And we use a course called Kairos International out of the Philippines. It, I know there's a Kairos course that's connected with Emmaus and that's not the same thing exactly. So it's, it's a whole different course. Um, but if you know Perspectives, Perspectives is like the college level missions course where you have to read and write all these crazy papers. And so um, Kairos is kind of like the lay leader level. So that's for all of us. <laughs> you still have to do some reading and you have to do a little homework, but there's no papers to write. So that's exciting. Um, and so through that, so we do training. We, have, we actually have a Kairos group in Ukraine now that have been fully trained. They're, there's a step process. And so I have been trained. I am only an associate facilitator. I cannot yet facilitate because I haven't done <laughs> I haven't done it enough. I've only done it once in English and I don't know if I want to try it in Russian. So oh, I'm gonna hold back on that one. <laughs> but um, but at any rate, so we it's a nine nine lesson course and so you learn about different aspects of missions. And so another area that another thing we use is called storyline. And it's it's kinda if you wanna say I would say that would be the Sunday school level of perspectives and kairos and so it gives you the same types of principles but in a smaller little format and you can just use it for discussion and so another thing that we do is we assist those who want to serve if you if the ukrainian is interested in going to the field we help them uh, we supply 50 percent of their support like i said they only go six to nine months at a time so the first time out, we supply 50% of their support so they can get there quick, get a taste for it, and, you know, want to go back kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, they, so they had to find 50% of that other support from churches and individuals in Ukraine. Um, and so uh, they, that's their responsibility. Each time they return and want to go back, we, de we decrease our amount by 10%. So currently we have one person, the next time she comes in will be, she has to raise all of her support. So this is exciting. This person is very interested and wants to continue returning to the mission field. And so God has continued to call her back. Um, we publish books because in Ukraine they have a 95% literacy rate and Ukrainians love to read. And so if you give them a book, they will be glad to read it. If you give them a little pamphlet, they'll probably just throw it away because it's not thick enough. So, <laughs> any rate, um, and we also do conferences, and um, I'm involved in creating the children's ministry and helping them do that. So we're getting ready this next summer to do our next children's missions uh, conference. So I'm excited. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready for the next one to begin. All right, next. So um, one of my goals is to, the, while I'm here, is to help raise money to publish this book. This is, if you know Operation World, they have, this is a children's version of Operation World. So it's just full of colors and information on how you can pray. They have uh, countries as well as people groups that you can pray for. And so it gives you information as well as things to pray for. And so, um, 
the first version that was done, it is no longer available in Ukraine. You can't even buy a copy if you wanted one. So um, my goal is to get this one uh, published into Russian and Ukrainian. Um, I do work in a bilingual society. I learned Russian because most of the information that was printed at that time was in Russian. And so there's still, there's like a 40% crossover between the two languages. So, and thankfully most of those are in the church. <laughs> so that's how I can pay attention in church and understand. So, um, but anyway, so that's my goal to have it uh, translated and printed. It's gonna cost about $12,000 for like 2000 copies. So, um, but that's because it has to be translated twice. It has to be edited twice and then printed twice. So this is where we're at. So I'm, I'm excited. The reason I, I think this is important in um, 2018 when we did the children's conference, you know, we, we challenged them to pray for people of the world. And in 19, when I went to the next conference, a mom came up to me and she says, I have to tell you that my family prays for unreached people groups every day. I said, okay, great. I'm glad to hear that. She said, my daughter was at the children's missions conference. She came home and she was excited. She's like, mom, we just got to pray. And so as a family, they chose to pray for unreached people groups every day. So I'm like, and that's only one that I know of. I don't know who else had been impacted, but you know, I'm excited that maybe to even provide a resource to help facilitate that even more. All right, next slide. So my prayer concerns. Um, uh, I am praying for a Ukrainian or a group of Ukrainians who will take over my ministry, who will see it necessary so I can work alongside them and then hand it over to them eventually in a couple years. That's just my goal. <laughs> and, and so, um, and I'm, I'm looking for an advisory team from the United States just to help keep me on track more than anything. And then I'm also going to um, develop a Ukrainian advisory team and I want to include some kids in that too because if we're doing this ministry for children, we want, I want to make sure I'm hitting them where, what they want to know. So uh, that's how that goes. And so I think my next curriculum project has been decided at this point. I'm going to Morocco. So hang on. <laughs> so, um, so then the translating of this book, I would also like you just to pray for more Ukrainians to go. Ukrainians go a lot of places and they go places where my little blue passport can't take me. And so um, they go places that are difficult, but they're eager and they're ready to go. And so we want them to go. And so that's even more reason to start praying. And that more Ukrainians would see the need to send, that they would eagerly supply the finances that are needed for, for those others to go. And there are political and war concerns in Ukraine. Um, the war, current war has been going on for seven years now. Probably don't hear too much about it, but it's still in effect and still going on. And so um, just pray that it would come to an end. Um, I mean, Ukrainians have seen, they feel it's God's judgment on them for not sharing the gospel more valiantly. And they're like, oh, we should have been more, you know, get out there and get them more. But um, at any rate, we use, they, they are involved in ministries to the war area and can minister to people that I can't minister to. Okay, next slide. 
So my current um, financial needs is I am in need of another $850 a month to return in five weeks. Um, when I came home in March, you know, before I came home, I'm like, this is like one of my, I'll just tell you, this is one of my least favorite things is raising support. You know, it's not my thing. It's not my gift. Um, but God said he's faithful. And so I just said, Lord, it's, it's yours again. And he said, I know, I got you covered. And I don't know how, what that means, <laughs> but he does. And so um, I'm excited to see how he's going to answer in the next five weeks what's going to happen. So um, project funds, one-time funding that is needed to help with, to pay for home service, replacing my computer, continuing language study, um, those things that have to happen uh, for, for me to be on the field. And yes, I'm still learning Russian. Um, I've convinced that it is an eternal language because it's going to take an eternity to learn it. And so, um, so you may not know it now, but you're going to be speaking Russian in heaven. So, um, any rate, and so with 3M, 3M needs monies for our publishing books as well as funds to help our new missionaries and for conferences. And so, if there, if you have any way to to make any of those happen, I would be thrilled. Um, and so, and the last slide is just to say thank you. Um, I know that I'm kind of new to you, and that's great, but um, just to say thank you for coming and saying, yeah, we want to support you. Um, that came midterm. I wasn't even trying to raise support, so that was a blessing. <laughs> so um, I just appreciate it, and I appreciate your love gift that you gave to me at the beginning of the summer, being in my time at home. It has been very helpful. And so I just appreciate you taking interest in ministry in Ukraine and and being willing to hear what I had to say. So thanks a lot. Jane, would you entertain a couple of questions? Oh yes, you can ask any kind of question you want. You might have to repeat the question so the people okay. the camera can hear. But I'll start. You can be thinking if you want to ask one. Being ingrained in a culture overseas, were you surprised by anything as you come back home and travel around? <coughs> Am I surprised by the U American culture? Yes. <laughs> I think the first one came in 2003 when I came home. Like everybody at that point in time was starting to decorate for Halloween. I'm like, really? Really? So, and so that, yeah, definitely took me off guard. Um, uh, there are things, you know, I just find myself doing something. I'm like, oh. They don't do it that way here. You know, so there are definitely cultural differences. I've become very adapted to life in Ukraine. Um, and so I guess recently, like being having to stand in line to self-checkout is, is a Ukrainian thing, you know, because you're standing in line. So, um, <laughs> so this week, last week I was at, uh, where was I? somewhere like a Marshall's or someplace and there was a cart in the center of the aisleway and so I just kind of moved it to the side and went around and so this lady runs up she says excuse me I was in front of you I'm behind them and I'm like she's not from America <laughs> and so certainly she was from Latvia and I'm like okay and so I started talking to her in Russian and she's like oh yeah and so, I mean, so that was her culture, trying to fit into the U.S. culture, but, you know, she, she decided that 
her shopping cart saved her place. And so, yeah, well, there are things like that that you run up against. It's just like, oh, yeah, we don't do that here, but that's okay. <laughs> so. Any other questions? <clears throat> you mentioned Morocco. What's up? There's a story that um, Bible Visuals International has written about that takes place in Morocco. And so I'm going to do a curriculum on learning about the Moroccan culture as well as then they get to use that story to tell kids about a missionary story in Morocco. So. Okay. Well, Jane, thank you very much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. I'm sure she will be happy to stick around and uh, share more information if you have questions. Sure. I know some of you are, are hesitant to ask questions on camera, but you can Sorry. ask her in person in the back. And uh, uh, don't forget, we're going to have our uh, potluck afterwards. Don't bring anything corn-related uh, mm -hmm. because of allergy, allergy concerns, but we hope to see you there. Uh, but spend some time visiting with Jane in the back and if you have any additional questions, and, and especially if you uh, are interested in supporting her, her needs that she shared with us here. Uh, and with that, I'll pray to close us out and, uh, and we'll be dismissed. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our, uh, our many blessings. Thank you for this morning, for this opportunity to hear from one of our supported missionaries from the Ukraine. Uh, how exciting it is uh, to, to understand her mission of reaching children at a very young age just to help them to understand that uh, being a missionary is just a natural thing for a Christian to do. Uh, Father, we, we pray for that here in the United States, that, uh, that more and more churches would focus more on uh, making it just a natural part of life for for some number of the members of a church to uh, be called to the ministry. And she was right, Father. The, the, the first requirement is that they be called by you. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, help us, Father, to, uh, to, to not make it out of the ordinary, make it the norm uh, that some number of people within a church and within a family would be called to missions uh, overseas, and then help us to be able to support them in those endeavors. Father, we pray for uh, uh, Ukrainian leaders that can help uh, Jane take over that ministry so uh, she can do the right thing and step aside and allow uh, Ukrainian nationals to, to lead those ministries. Uh, Father, we pray for her advisory team that she's asking for, both here in the United States and Ukraine. Uh, what a noble thing that is and, and a wise thing that is to have uh, people looking over her shoulder and helping her stay on task and stay on track with, with her efforts. Uh, Father, we pray for this uh, exciting uh, Morocco trip and uh, the, the uh, curriculum development that uh, will be going on there. Uh, we pray for safe travels, for you paving the way for her to get there both financially and uh, through all of the uh, uh, sickness that's going on around the world that it doesn't hinder uh, her efforts. Uh, we pray that uh, she find the support she need to uh, get these uh, this Windows on the World book uh, converted into the two languages, translated and uh, and then published and distributed. And uh, Father, if uh, if it be your will that anyone uh, uh, hearing this uh, can uh, help in that effort, we just pray that they would uh, uh, do so generously and. 
joyfully uh, as they as they give. And Father, we pray for the war concerns in uh, uh, the Ukraine. Uh, we just pray for for peace. Uh, we pray that uh, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others is not hindered uh, by by the war that is going on over there. That it is uh, ended. And uh, Father, we um, the low percentage of believers would uh, would rise rapidly. Uh, people would uh, come to know the true peace of Jesus Christ through knowing Him as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for Jane. Uh, we thank you for her ministry. We thank you for her time that she has spent uh, traveling over 9,000 miles here since the end of March. Uh, we pray for safe travels for her on the way back. And uh, we just ask all of these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.